Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. There was a priest, um, a pastor, and a rabbi, and they were talking about who's the best at their jobs. So they made a little arrangement, a challenge. They said that they would go into the forest, they will try to find a bear, and then they would see who can convert the bear. Now just, this is a joke. It's not real. It's just I have to clarify. Okay. Uh, so so and then they would get back together and they will talk about their results. So um, the day came when they had to come back and give reports. So, so the priest went first and he said, you know what, I, I found a bear. I read to him from the catechism. I sprinkled him with water. And he's going to come and have his first communion next week. The pastor said, you know what, I found a bear also by a little pool of water. I preached to him, and he was mesmerized by my preaching. And he asked me to baptize him, and I baptized him. And the two of them looked at each other, and then they looked down, and they saw the rabbi lying on the floor. He's in a gurney, body casts, all scratched up, bite marks everywhere. The rabbi looks up at them, and he says, you know what? I probably shouldn't have started with circumcision. Thank you very much. I'll be here next week. Yeah. You know, um, the reason I brought that up is, <laughs> is because, you know, when you preach on the Holy Spirit, and you preach on the Holy Spirit that, that, that He's a person and that God has sent Him as our helper, for many people, it's almost a territory that they, they, they do not walk on or they dare not, a path they dare not go down on. Um, because there are so many mixed ideas and experiences and some people have fears and some people um, are super enthusiastic about it. It's such a mixed, mixed group of people. So, so we have to be, I feel, very strategic and how we present the Holy Spirit to the church, because I f it feels like in many churches, He's not there. Not that He's not there, He's not acknowledged. He's not valued, and He's not seen as, as the third person of the Trinity who is divine. So I feel what we are doing is, uh, we are trying to give all of you a foundational basis that you know and understand that the Holy Spirit is meant for every single one of us, not just for an elite group of people, but for every single believer in Christ. So the first week what we spoke about is that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's not a force. He's not a ball of fire. He's not just fire coming down from heaven. Um, he's not a wind. He is a person. And he's not just a person, he is a divine person. The question that I think some of you might have, does it really matter? Does it really matter that I see the Holy Spirit as a person and as God? Is it really important for me to do that? And I want to tell you, yes, it is. And here is why. If you don't understand who he is, you will never appreciate what he does. You need to understand who he is. So you can appreciate everything He wants to do in your life and everything that He does already in this world. 
And if you're aware that he is a divine being, what happens is on a personal level, your relationship with God changes to a place where you have conversations with him throughout the day, every single day. In the mornings when you wake up, he's the first person you say hi to. In the evenings when you go to bed, he's the last one you say goodnight to. He becomes part of your life. Last week, Ermery did an amazing job um, at preaching. Uh, really, such a good message. She was inaccurate in a few things, which I have to bring correction in. Um, Anjo actually created a video. Yeah, so, so when we started dating, um, I actually had a camera crew present to just film because I knew this would come up one day about who kissed who first. So I actually had a camera crew there filming the whole thing. And I'm going to show you the video this morning. So we can just, I'm joking. Andrew and I worked the whole week on a video. I spent so many hours and I tried to superimpose our faces into other people's things. But it doesn't work, so maybe next time. But anyway, and we did an amazing job last week um, on preaching about the Holy Spirit with us. And as you remember, so, so this is kind of the, the whole idea. When we look at this picture of water, here's the water in, in, inside of our Santa Via jug. Um, and I'm placing it next to the glass. So what is the relationship of the pitcher to the water right now? It is with. It is with the glass. It's not in it. It's not on it. It's with it. And that's how the, the Holy Spirit starts with all of us. He is with us to convict us of a singular sin. And what is the singular sin? Unbelief. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of one sin, unbelief. Why just one sin? Because when we believe that Jesus Christ died for all our sins, we do not have to be convicted of all the sins because you can't even remember or know. Um, you don't have the ability to say sorry for everything that you've done wrong, but you have the ability to accept the one who died for everything you did wrong. So the Holy Spirit convicts you of one sin. And that conviction is believe in Jesus Christ. Believe that He is your Lord and Savior. And then when you say yes to God, when you say yes to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit no longer is just with you. When you say yes, what happens is the Holy Spirit comes in you. So this is a different preposition. The first one was with, the second one is in. So now He is in you. If you said yes to Jesus... Where is the Holy Spirit? Let me ask all of you. Where is He? In you. Now, I, let me just set this up already this morning. I believe some of you are going to have revelation today that you've never had before. I, I think there is such a misunderstanding in the church body that I really believe this morning some of you are going to be shocked. Because um, I've got great news for all of you. The Holy Spirit is in you. But I don't think we know what that means. And I hope that by the end of this morning's message that you will discover what it means for every one of us. So, so this right here, this is the church age. This is us right now. Before this, before the church age, before Jesus Christ died, and He said, I'm going to send you a helper, this was not possible. Because the Holy Spirit cannot occupy a place of sin. 
God cannot be in a place that is still filled with sin. So the, the, the prerequisite for the Holy Spirit to dwell in you is your repentance of sin, which is acceptance of Christ, which pays for all your sins, past, present, and future. Therefore, He can occupy you. Without that, it can't happen. So this is the church age. Now, something happened. Something happened for this to happen, and it happened actually on Pentecost. Pentecost. Pentecost brought the Holy Spirit into the lives of believers. To every person that said yes to Jesus in the, in, during that time and in the future. And that is when the Holy Spirit comes in. When you receive Christ, He now dwells in you. He lives inside of you. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul says the following. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you? Do you not know that? He is in you. He's in you. And he goes on. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. What is the price? Christ dying on the cross. You were bought at a price. Payment for your sin. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, I want you to listen carefully. This happened in the church age on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, something happened that changed the relationship of the Holy Spirit for every single believer. And it's not just that He dwells in you, there is more to it. I'm going to show you something um, regarding the term, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to be very clear with the words I use. Because in the church, we have used wrong terminologies to describe something that happened on the day of Pentecost. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. For some of us, that is a scary event. Because we might have seen it and experienced it, um, been part of it. It's something which some, some people don't want anything to do with it because of what they have experienced. For some of us, it is an event that we went through, um, which we thought we went through. Um, where, where we feel like something amazing happened. And some of us don't know anything about it. So I'm hoping by the end of this message that all of us will be at the same page moving forward. Now, be patient with the message, please. Wait until the end um, so that you can understand everywhere we're going. Okay, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is, is the Greek word, baptizo. Um, and you know what baptism means. It means what? Immersed, right? To be immersed. We had baptisms here uh, three weeks ago when we baptized our youth, which was amazing. They stepped into the baptism tank, so they were in the water, but then we immersed them in the water. Immersed means they were completely covered. Every area of them were covered by it. The Holy Spirit uh, says that we are to be baptized in the Spirit also, not in, with the Spirit. Let me be speak, speak clearly, with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you, every single one of us. He dwells within you. And now I want you to understand what the baptism with the Holy Spirit is. It says that He immerses you into the body of Christ called the church. That is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. I want you to understand this. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you when you say yes to Christ. If you've said yes to Christ, where is the Holy Spirit? In you. Comes inside of you. He dwells within you. And then He puts you. He immerses you 
into the body of Christ called the church. Now, if I had to start the service off by asking, how many of you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit? I know some people will be super confident to say that. Raise your hands, right? Okay, how many of you haven't? I've got news for every single one of you. If the Holy Spirit is in you, you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Every single believer in this room. See, see, we were always taught the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and not we were always. I've taught this. I've taught that there's a secondary event because we read about, about um, um, Philip going to Samaria and he preaches about the gospel and they accept Christ. And then the news reaches Jerusalem and then Peter and, and, and John says, well, we have to go to Samaria. And then they go to Samaria and they show up in Samaria. And, and then he speaks to them and he asks, asks them, listen, what baptism were you baptized in? And they said, we were baptized in the baptism of John. And then they asked him, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, we have not even heard there is such a thing of the Holy Spirit. Then it says he laid hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Different word. Different word. Baptism of the Holy Spirit for every single believer in this room. If you've accepted Christ, baptism with the Holy Spirit means that you are immersed by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ. That is what baptism with the Spirit means. You are immersed into the church. You are supposed to be surrounded by people of faith who are also filled with the Holy Spirit. You are immersed. You are surrounded by people that has the Holy Spirit inside of them. Every single one of you believe in Christ right now. If you're sitting here right now, you are baptized with the Holy Spirit because you are in the presence of other people that have Him inside of them. This is not a scary thing. This is not a thing that we should be scared of at all, church. This is something that we should welcome. And, and, and I just think, you know, it is, it is so important that we don't misunderstand that being baptized with the Spirit means that we are immersed into the church, which for people watching online and people staying at home and people saying, you know what, I can do church on my own. The reality is you've been, you are supposed to be immersed in a body. If you are not immersed in a body, you are out of position. Because the Holy Spirit has baptized you with the Holy Spirit. You've been baptized with the Holy Spirit to be part of a body of believers. And there's a reason for it. You're supposed to be immersed in the body of Christ. You are supposed to be serving people with the purpose to advance His kingdom. You're supposed to be surrounding with other people that will encourage you, strengthen you, lift you up, motivate you to go out and speak the good news. You are supposed to be at a place where your religion and your relationship with God is not a selfish thing. We do not have a selfish faith. We have a giving and serving faith. And if that is not part of your life right now or today, or, or if you are not serving people, you are out of position. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, now for everybody that are, I know there, there's, there's some next that might be twisting a little bit right now. And I understand because some of us have had an experience where, where we were told that we're going, to be, we're going to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There is no word in the Bible. There's no zero reference 
in the Bible of baptism of the Holy Spirit. It does not appear in the Bible. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Prepositions. We have to understand. They are very important. There is no such thing in there. There's baptism with the Holy Spirit. There's baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's the same word that is used into the body of Christ. So saying that you had an experience where people prayed for you, and be patient because I'm going to show you exactly what that is. That is valuable. It happened. I don't think that it didn't happen to you. There are variable things that will happen, but it's a different preposition. It's a different word that was used. And I want us to be accurate in the terminology we use so that we don't um, confuse people, lead them astray, cause fear to come into their lives or something that God has for them. I want them to welcome it, to want it. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit, listen, by one Spirit, we were all baptized. By one Spirit, we were all. He's speaking to the Corinthian church. Now, this church was very far from being perfect, very far from being holy and awesome people. It says, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slave or free, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. I want to say that the whole idea of the baptism with the spirit has been misused, misunderstood by many groups for many years, and I would say even by me. I've, this, this last, uh, I'd say, couple of months of just studying this and reading it over and over and over and over again. And I kept telling Irma, you know, I, like I know what my mind says regarding this because I know, know what I've seen before, what I've heard preached before, but I can't line it up with Scripture. So feel that God gave me revelation in this. For the purpose to set his body free for those of you that are fearful of the Holy Spirit. Thinking, I don't want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Too bad, you've got it. You already have it. Yeah. See, I, I know, and I've been in churches, and we were part of, you know, in, 19, in the 1990s, when I was 12... No, in the 1990s, um, I remember, you know, that we went to churches. I was, because I, I was so hungry for God, I want to say I was almost a spiritual thrill seeker that I went from church to church to experience and see things. Um, and if there weren't enough shakes and chandeliers, um, chandelas um, and shakers and movers, and uh, the Holy Spirit didn't move in this, this service. Oh, that was just a dead service. And that's absolute nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. The Holy Spirit is a person that indwells you. And it's not just a person. He is a divine helper that indwells you, every single believer. So, so don't think if there's not some weird thing happening that God's not moving. He's moving. Now, I want to make a quick shift here. Um, because I just mentioned what the Bible speaks about as the baptism with the Holy Spirit, which would lead some of us to ask this question regarding our own experiences and our thoughts. So, Andreas, is that it then? So, I've received Christ, my Lord and Savior. Is that it? Are you telling me there's nothing more? Are you telling me the extent of my Christian life is I believe in Jesus. He sticks me in the church. I serve and that's it. Not at all. 
I'm not saying that at all. There's more. There's way more. And it's called being filled with the Spirit. Different preposition. I'm using biblical terminology because I want to be accurate. Being filled with the Spirit. And I hope um, that this will help to correct your own thoughts about this also, as I believe it's corrected mine. So, baptism and filled. At Pentecost, both of these things happened. They were baptized with the Spirit into the body of Christ, and they were filled with the Spirit. Both of them happened, and I'll show it to you. See, it was the birthday of the church. The day of Pentecost was the day that the church started. It's like the church was born on that day. And the Holy Spirit was putting people, those who've accepted Christ as the Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit was given as the seal for their salvation. He now becomes indwelling, and they are put into a body called the church. And they were filled. Jesus told them that this was going to happen. I, I want us to, to read, um, I don't know if they're going to have that. Sorry, guys, I didn't give you the scriptures. Um, in John 7, um, this is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, the temple was packed of people. So, so the synagogue in those days for the Jewish community, that was the school. Every day, every Jewish boy went to school. They went to the synagogues. That's where they were taught, educated. Education was a major thing. When you think of Paul, it says Paul was one of the most highly educated Jews there were. So these people went to the temple and to the synagogue on a regular basis. But now this is the Feast of Tabernacles, which is an even greater day. So they are on the last day of this Feast of Tabernacles. And at a certain point in the ceremony, Jesus lifts up his voice so everybody could hear him because he didn't have one of these or those. Um, so, so he had to do it kind of like this way. He said, if anyone is thirsty... Speaking to everybody out there. Let him come to me and drink. And everybody stopped and turned and looked at the weird guy. And he said these words after this. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Wow. Wow. Rivers of living water will flow out of you. What an experience that would be. I would love to, to have that. So Jesus is talking about this, this life-giving river flowing out of a person, out of a person. And if you come to him, you can have that experience. But then he continues on. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. So if anyone is thirsty, let him come after me, and out of him will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke this rivers that's going to flow out of you. He spoke about the Spirit, whom those believing in Him would receive. Why would? Because He has not died yet. Would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not given yet. Because Jesus was not glorified yet. Guess what? He's been given. He's been glorified. So back to the book of Acts. Now we're at the day of Pentecost again. Church began, church is born. But what Jesus said was very important. He said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. 
It tells me something about the goal of receiving the Spirit. The purpose of having the Holy Spirit in your life, acknowledging Him as a person, a divine person, acknowledging that you've been baptized into the body of Christ and why you would want to be filled with Him. It is for the purpose so that rivers of living water would flow out of you and influence other people's lives. We are to be a conduit. Now, not just so that we can be blessed, so we can have our little pools that we can splash in ourselves, you know. Oh, look at all the water I've collected in my pond. So great, you know, I'm having so much fun. That's not the purpose of it. He wants us to be a conduit to help us see others refreshed and built up and encouraged and empowered. Now, in Acts 1 verse 8, it says, you shall receive now, watch the wording here. Bish, it looks like my iPad's going to go flat, so you might have to uh, bring a battery or bring yours. <laughs> uh, how's that for planning? Um, now, now, watch the wording. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, now the first thing I want you to understand is, so if anyone is thirsty, let him come after me. Um, and this he said regarding the Spirit. So, so now the Spirit has been given because He is in us, right? Now it's really in me. Right? So He's in you, He's in me, He's in us right there. So He said, now because He's in you, um, you will receive power. Ah, oh, thank you very much. How's that for timing? Thank you very much. You all thought I didn't know what I was doing. Man, that was perfect. I didn't even think that was going to work out that way. Thank you very much. Okay, sweet. Okay, now notice the first word, power. You know what power means? Dunamun is the Greek word. It's where we get our word dynamic from. Most of the time in the church, we refer to the word dynamite. You shall receive power as like the Holy Spirit is dynamite. Listen, I've seen enough people that have already gone to pieces that I'm not going to use dynamite. I'm going to use dynamic. Because many people in the church, the moment they receive power, they try to take other people to pieces. That's not the purpose why the power is given. He says you are going to receive dunamis. Uh, you are going to have a spiritual dynamic that you did not have before. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. You shall receive power, that is, the ability, efficiency, and might. In other words, a new capacity, a whole new capacity. I love that. Notice also the word, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Different preposition again. So, with the glass. In the glass. Right? Now, watch upon. Don't worry, it will dry up. Now the glass is completely covered by it. It's now upon you. You shall receive power and He will be upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost parts of the earth. Now, upon is a different experience from with and in. There's a big difference. 
I was filled, like I've got the Holy Spirit in me. He's in me now for me, right? He's in me. I'm building my relationship. I'm talking with him every day. I've got communion with him. He baptized me with the Spirit into the church. I'm serving God's body. I'm involved. But in order for me to have an impact on other people, he needs to come upon me. So that what? I overflow and touch other people's lives. Our battery pack didn't work. <laughs> it was a silent pause to see if it will charge, but it did not. So there's a few words that we looked upon. The first one was the word um, dynamus, which is a, the, a dynamic. You're going to have a dynamic, uh, a dynamic spiritual life where you're going to impact other people when it comes upon you. There's going to be a specific way that you're going to speak. When, when we look at, at Peter, I mean, Peter is probably one of the best examples we can find in the Bible where the moment the Spirit of God came upon him, his life changed. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up, he preaches this amazing word, the gospel, the good news, and what happens is 3,000 people give their lives to God. But a few days before that, Peter is in the garden, and there's a young girl that says to him, weren't you with Jesus? And Peter is so scared to acknowledge that he even knew Christ. That he denied him three times to a girl who's 12 years old. But now Peter has this boldness. He has this spiritual dynamic in him that he didn't have before. What changed? The Spirit of God filled them. It says in Acts that um, they were gathered in the, in the room and they were waiting. Jesus said to him, wait until the Spirit fills you. And it says, and the Spirit of God came like, like tongues. It sat on every single one of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled. What happens after that is Peter steps out from there and he preaches the greatest message. Not because he was such a scholar, but because of what the Holy Spirit did. Uh, there's an, another word there. Um, I don't know if you can bring that, that scripture up. It says the Spirit of God will, will be upon you um, and you, you shall receive power and the Spirit of God will be upon you and you will be witnesses you will be witnesses, good, in Jerusalem and Judea and then Samaria. Oh, awesome, thanks. Now, the, the, the word witnesses there, um, martures is the Greek word, martures. It's where we get our word martyr from. When we think of martyr, we think of somebody that's willing to die for their faith. But that's not the meaning of the word. The meaning of the word martyr is somebody who's willing to live for their faith. And also willing to die for it. So the first time Peter was willing to live for his faith was after he received the Holy Spirit. You will become witnesses to me. I don't know what my password is. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is uh, going great. Uh, 
So here's a few things that I want all of us to understand. If, if uh, you know, I believe, uh, for me specifically, uh, in preparation of this thing, I've, I've kind of set, set aside, kind of, God, walk me through the process of what it means for us as believers. How, how your Holy Spirit lives in us. What's His purpose for us? Um, how are we supposed to walk this out every single day? Why should we welcome Him? Uh, there's a few things. Number one, you cannot seal yourself for salvation. That's the first step. When I accept Christ, what happens is the Holy Spirit was with me. He convicts me of sin, not believing in Christ. Now I believe in Him. Then He comes in me, and He becomes comes the seal of my salvation. I can't seal myself. I can't go, Holy Spirit, okay, I activate you as the seal of my salvation. It's not something that I have the ability to do. He does that. Something He does. Now, because I have accepted Christ, He now indwells me. There's something else He does which is not something that I can do. He baptizes me with the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Something that He does, not something that I can do. But the filling of the Spirit is something that you are involved with. It says a few times that, that Paul and them were preaching and they would be in Jerusalem and they would be beaten and kicked and thrown in prison. And it says then afterwards they would go to the house where the other disciples were and they were filled again. So, so there's a filling that happens more than once. Your filling of the Holy Spirit is something that you have to do on a regular basis. For what purpose? Flowing. To be a conduit. To influence other people. So the filling is something that happens over and over and over. We see it in Acts 8. We see it in Acts 13. Where Paul says, I was filled again. I was filled again. So what is a filling of the Holy Spirit? A filling of the Holy Spirit is, it, and it's so practical and it's so beautiful. It's as simple as me getting up this morning early. And when I woke up, I was like, Holy Spirit, I know today you've got a special word that, that, that you want to preach, that you want to bring to the people, that you want to communicate to their hearts to set people free. Speak through me. Like, I am your vessel. Fill me up so that I can pour out and be a blessing to other people. And this, before I came up, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Work through me. Fill me again. Why do we have to be filled continuously? I've heard this said before by somebody else. Because we leak. We say it because we leak. And the reality is we don't leak. The reality is we fill ourselves with other things beside Him. So for me, a filling with the Holy Spirit is, is at night in the morning when, you do, when you're going to go through impactful discipleship. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about what it means to be filled. And the reality is, can somebody pray for me to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? No, because you already are. Can somebody pray to me to be filled? Yes, you can be filled. Somebody can pray with you to be filled. Now, when I am filled, what is the purpose of it? The purpose of it is for me to overflow and touch other people's lives with God's goodness. It is not a selfish thing. It is not a splash pool. It's not a, a party for me. It is for the purpose to overflow and touch other people's lives. That's why God wants His Spirit to overflow out of my life so that I can influence other people. 
But that filling happens over and over and over and over again, every single day of your life. Uh, the word there, be filled with the Holy Spirit, it was, first of all, it was written in the passive tense, meaning that I am going to open up myself and allow the Holy Spirit to come into me. Jesus says, um, do not get drunk um, with wine. Sorry, I wasn't looking at you. <laughs> but if the Holy Spirit can... Oh, well, no, he didn't do anything like that. Uh, he says, do not be, get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Why would he compare getting drunk with wine to being filled with the Spirit? Hallelujah. Fish, it's locked. <laughs> Why would he compare it to being filled with the Spirit? Oh, don't worry, I don't need it. It's fine. Um, why would he compare it to being filled with the Spirit? Don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Because what happens is when we are drunk on wine, it's not but be filled with the Spirit so that you can be silly. No. We've often used this phrase that that person is under the influence of alcohol. Being filled with the Spirit is saying, I'm going to be influenced by the Spirit of God. So my actions and my reactions, it's going to be something that people, when they look at me, they are going to see the goodness of God coming out of me. Be filled with the Spirit continuously. So it's, it was written in the passive tense where we're saying, fill me, God. I'm here. I'm not going to resist it. Don't resist it. Welcome it. I'm not going to resist you. Tonight when you go, for those of you that are scared of this, please don't be. Tonight when you go home, tomorrow morning when you wake up, when you drive in your car, when you sit in the sunbed, when you're exercising on the treadmill, when you're at the office and you're getting confused about what you should do next, in that moment, just say, Holy Spirit, fill me again. Because what happens when you are filled? You will become dynamic. There's a power that comes with them. And with the filling, there comes all the gifts of the Spirit also, which we will get into. There are these amazing gifts that He's given us as His children. But unless we are passive, not blocking Him, but passive, yes, come and control my life. You will see the fruit of Him when you do that. Written in the passive tense. It's also written in the Greek um, imperfect tense. Continuous tense. Be filled continuously. Don't just be filled once. The apostles were filled over and over and over again because we get discouraged. We get tired. We get distracted. We hear different reports. We have different teachings that we might listen that are nonsense. Um, we, we have different stuff that we are in, allowing to infiltrate us. So when we get back to the Holy Spirit, we go back, God, I want to honor you. Your Spirit lives inside of me. And we just start again acknowledging who He is and what He does and what His plans are and how good He is and how much He loves. When we start doing that, we are empowering the Holy Spirit in our lives again to fill us up so that we can make an impact in other people's lives. Sum it up. Holy, uh, Holy Spirit worship team, you can come up. <laughs> Holy Spirit's the one that hunts us down, number one. He's the one that chases us down. And he convicts us of this, this, 
This thing called accept Christ as your Savior, accept my love, convicts you of that. When you say yes, He does something. He comes in you. You don't put Him in you. It's not your responsibility. You, have, you do not have the power over that. It's something that happens automatically by design. Holy Spirit starts dwelling in you. He now lives in you. The next thing that He does is He baptizes you into the body of Christ. You are baptized into the church with the purpose to influence and change other people's lives. To be surrounded by others that are also functioning with the desire to please God and that has the Spirit of God living inside of them. Something that He does. You do not have any say in that. That has happened. For those of you, I want to say this again. For those of you that are scared of being baptized with the Holy Spirit, you already are. Don't be scared of it. Welcome it. Now comes the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And this is where many people are fearful of this. The Holy Spirit will never violate you. He will never go cause you to do anything that you are not willing to do. He does not possess you. It is from a passive place of saying, I will be obedient to the instruction you give me. But the filling of the Holy Spirit is something that you have to do. And it means that acknowledgement, that getting quiet, that willingness to surrender and say, I surrender my will, my thoughts, my ways, and Holy Spirit, I want to do things your way. Fill me again and again and again and again and again. Keep filling me every single day. And when we do that as a body, I'm telling you, your relationship with God is going to be so real. That doesn't matter what the world says because what you have in your life, there is no way for them to argue you out of your relationship because he's so real. But we must desire that feeling and again and again and again and again. Over the next five weeks, we're going to talk of the fruit of the Spirit the fruit of the Spirit. We're also going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Every single one of us, God has gifted, empowered, given you a dynamic spiritual ability that He wants you to use to advance His kingdom. Not your glory, not your kingdom. His. But we must be willing to say we want it and function in it. So I want to encourage you, come back next week and the week after and the week after and the week after and the week after. And then after that, hopefully you come after that again. Um, I hope you welcome God into your life. There's, not, there's nothing better in this world. There's nothing better. I hope it brought clarity to some of you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, for truth and for um, clarity and, and that, that you show us your purposes and your plans and that your spirit that you gave to us as a helper, it's not here to, to disable us, it's here to help us to live a life filled with purpose and filled with love and filled with power and dynamic and filled with uh, desire and, and passions and all these beautiful things that you've created. 
And I pray, Holy Spirit, that for every single person, you are in every single person's life right now that are sitting here. You are right there present in them right now. I pray that your presence will be felt by them, that they acknowledge and know that you are there. We acknowledge your presence. I acknowledge your presence, Lord. You are alive in me. You are alive in us. Occupy my life. I also know, Holy Spirit, that there are some areas in our lives. Um, you, you say that, that when we are born again, God cleans the house. Now, what happens is, in, in, and I want just listen to me. Keep your eyes closed. What happens to us when we are born again? So, so we are born again, we are new. But what happens is there are areas in our lives that is not occupied by God, but still occupied by sinful nature, desires, past mistakes, guilt, condemnation, uh, regret, bitterness, anger, envy. Um, and what, what I really believe is that the Holy Spirit not just simply wants to fill your life and baptize you into the body, but he wants to fill those areas that the enemy is occupying also. He doesn't want any place, any room in your life to be occupied by an enemy. He wants to occupy those areas also. So, so where, whatever it might be, if it's envy, if it's jealousy, if it's confusion, if it's hatred, if it's anger, if it's depression, what I want you to do is just where you are, everyone personally right now, Say, Holy Spirit, come and fill that room that's currently filled with depression. Come and fill it, Holy Spirit, with your love and with your joy and with your peace. Holy Spirit, that room that is filled with lust and perversion, come and occupy that room in my life with your love and with your purity and with your purposes and with your plans. Holy Spirit, that area in my life that is filled with rebellion, come and occupy, Holy Spirit, that area of my life that I will submit to your ways because your ways are only good for me. Holy Spirit, those areas that are filled with resistance to you, Holy Spirit, come and fill that area in my life where I open myself up and say, I am yours. Do with me as you please. God, fill every room in this place. Every prayer, Holy Spirit, answer them. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.